0: This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Hey, if you got your Bible, pull out your Bible. If you got a phone, pull out your phone. If you don't have either, we'll have it on the screen for you. We're going to go to John chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 1 through 4. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. Anybody read out of the Passion Translation? Isn't it great? It's fantastic, fantastic translation. Um, They took the old Greek and Aramaic and tried to word for word put the best version uh, to the Greek and Aramaic uh, together. And so love the Passion Translation. Um, I want to say I'm excited for today, okay? I'm excited to be here today. I'm excited to preach the Word of God. I hope that you're excited to hear the Word of God. I hope you're excited to see what Jesus can do today. Amen? Amen. Amen. There we go. Here we go. Verse 1, it says, in the beginning, the living expression, living expression is Jesus. The living expression was already there. We can't explain how God was already there or Jesus was already there, but Jesus and God existed before anything else existed. They are the beginning. And the living expression was with God, yet full of God. Verse 2, they were together face-to-face in the beginning. Who was together face-to-face in the beginning? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The triune God was there together. At the very beginning. In verse 3, and through his creative inspiration, this living expression made all things. For nothing has existed apart from him. Verse 4, life came into being because of him. For his life is the life of all humanity. Truth number one today is this. Nothing exists outside of him. Nothing. Nothing exists outside of Jesus. We, you, we all exist because God sees fit that we exist today, and that we are here today, and it is not by accident that you're alive. It is not by accident that you are in the timeline of humanity right here, right now, 2019, October. What's the date today? 20th. 20th. (laughs) You're here because God saw fit that you would be here in this time, in this moment. But the question is this, why? Why are we here? Why do we exist? Why did God want us here at this moment, in this time, in, in the course of, of humanity, the course of history? Why are we here right now? And the answer is this, and I really, truly, truly believe this answer. The answer is this, your purpose is here to love Jesus and to love people like Jesus. That's why we're here. And I know that some of you are like, that wasn't the answer I was looking for today. Right? Right? We're like this self-help generation. We're the itchy ear generation. We're the ones that, you know, loves a good one-liner over here, you know, and we love a little self-help over here. And once I'm tired with that little self-help, and once I've exhausted that one-liner in my life, I'm looking for the next one-liner. I'm looking for the next self-help. I'm looking for the next miracle, you know, product. It was kale at one time. Kale was going to change the whole world, you know. And now I think it's CBD. And, and we're all searching for what? Purpose. Purpose identity, They were this generation that's not getting this thing that's happening in John, at the very beginning of John where he goes, listen, you exist because of him. You exist because of Jesus. And Jesus is your purpose. And I think sometimes we're like, I, yeah, I know, I know it's, it's, it's about Jesus. No, 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 no. It's all about Jesus. Always about Jesus. Everything revolves around Jesus. This is what John's telling us here at the beginning, is that everything in your life, everything in your world exists. It's here because of Jesus. Jesus. That our world revolves around Jesus. Revelation chapter 2, verse 4 says this, I have this against you. Jesus is talking to the church in the last days, right before he comes back. He says this, but I have this against you. You've abandoned your passionate love you had for me at the beginning. There is nothing like falling in love. Can I get an amen? There's nothing like falling in love. I remember the first date that I took Jessica on, okay? I remember I was nervous. I I borrowed a friend's car because my car was dead at that time of my life, and I was poor, and I had my friend's car, and it had... I had one headlight. The other one was burnt out. And I remember I worked hard, and I scraped up every little bit of money that I could. And I took Jess, and we went to a place in Chicago called Lake Geneva. It's really pretty. It's on the water. And so we went to, I think it's like, it was called Joe's. I think the restaurant was called, I don't know, something like Joe's. She got chicken fingers. I got chicken fingers because we were poor, okay? Okay. But it was a beautiful dinner, and after dinner, we went and we walked on the boardwalk, and we talked about, you know, just everything, and on the way back home, it was an hour drive back home, we counted how many people flashed their lights at us, because I only had one headlight going at that time, and you know what I mean, and then we didn't know what to do. Have you ever been on a date, and you don't know what to do? You don't know how to end the date, so we ended up going to, was it Barnes & Noble, and we... We read children's books together, and I I had a puppet at one point, and it was just, but you know what? I'll tell you this. I was in love. I was in love. And I would have done anything for her. There is nothing that I wouldn't have done. See, it's so funny when we fall in love, those first emotions, or how about this? How about the first emotions when we first come to a church for the first time? The first time you are in that church. The first time you're in the presence of God. The first time that you fall in love with Jesus. And then what happens? is like a year, it goes on, and two years, and five years. And what happens? Jesus says, I have this thing against you. You lost your passionate love for me. You were once passionately in love with me. I was the one that brought you joy. I was the one that brought you peace. I was the one that made you satisfied in your soul. And somehow in the course of life and, and just doing the routine of things we have lost that and Jesus is saying listen you've forgotten about this thing i have this thing against you and listen why am i going there because the lord has been just rocking my world there is something that is just bursting alive in me there is something in me all summer all summer long i i was miserable all summer long And that's terrible to be miserable in the summertime. You know what I mean? Like, it is summertime. And I was miserable all summer. And what was I miserable with? I was just, there was this place in me that was, like, just so discontent. I'm like, I'm just discontent with going to church every Sunday. I'm discontent with just my normal, everyday life. I'm just discontent with it. And sometimes the Lord does that. The Lord, it's like a holy discontent. It's like, it's like, I'm just, there's something, there's something not right. There's something going on that I'm just, I, I'm just not feeling this anymore. And so I ended up reading a book by Brian Johnson. That's Bill Johnson's son out of Bethel, out in Bethel, you know, California. And I read this book, and there was this one line in the book. There was this one moment in the book that just absolutely grabbed my soul, grabbed my attention. And this one line, he said, he said this, he said, Bill Johnson took over Bethel Church under one condition that he wanted to see revival. Under one condition that he wanted to see revival. And Brian Johnson said in the first year of Bethel Church, that over a thousand people left the church when his dad took over And that one of the key leaders, one of the deacons, one of the elders of the church came to Bill Johnson and said, listen. He said, look, I know what's happening here right now is real and it's authentic, but it's just too much for me. And this moment that happened, it was like the Holy Spirit just filled my car. And something, something, something reminded me about when I first got saved and how passionate I was just about Jesus. I was just passionate about Jesus and who he was. What is that sound? It's like, oh, is it? You're good. I just had to figure it out in Jesus' name. You are totally good. I want to say this. I want to be passionate about Jesus. And I want a community that is passionate about Jesus. I am not looking to lead a community that just wants to do church. Can I get an amen from anybody? I am just not interested in just coming every Sunday and we just do our thing and nothing ever changes and nobody ever changes and nobody ever becomes any different and we just all just, we just keep doing what we do because we just go to church. I'm so not interested in that. I want a church that is passionate about what Jesus has to say. I think that's been the, the, The focal point of my soul right now is just this place of like, okay, God, what do you have to say? What do you have to say about my whole entire life? What do you have to say about my marriage? What do you have to say about my job? What do you have to say about relationships? What do you have to say, God? You have wisdom. I want a church that is passionate about worship, this is my prayer. There's this, there's this verse in Amos, chapter 9, verse 11. It says, in that day I will restore the fallen house of David. Some of you are like, what's the fallen house of David? Man, David's house was where the presence of the Lord dwelled. David's house is where worship came from. David's house was a house of worship. It was a place that the book of Psalms was written out of. It was a worshiped house. It was a place of the presence of God. And there's something in me that I'm like, that's what I want? It's what I want? I don't know if you like worship or not, but I love worship. I love the presence of God. I love his kingdom. I love being in him. This is what I'm passionate about. Truth number two is this. It said this, this living expression made all things. You happened because Jesus desired for you to happen. And you are happening today because Jesus desires for you to happen today. You do nothing on your own. You don't eat on your own, you don't sleep on your own, you don't breathe on your own, you don't shop on your own, you don't have good days on your own, you don't have bad days on your own, you don't go to work on your own, you don't do anything on your own. Everything you do every day is because God allows you to do it. He gives you breath to do it. He gives you life to do it. Everything is found in him. The purpose is what? Loving Jesus and loving people like Jesus. The, The idea is that I get really close to Jesus and I fall in love with Jesus. And then out of that byproduct of me falling in love with Jesus, it is easy to love other people. It is easy to love my spouse. It is easy to love my boss. It is easy to love my friends. It is easy to love my kids. It is easy to love other people. It is easy to walk in grace. It is easy because I'm just in love with Jesus. There's this place of real, true, intimate, in love. And it's like John is going, listen, I need you to understand this. You began with Jesus and you will end with Jesus. We need to understand this. That you began with Jesus. The beginning of your life was in the presence of God where he put you together perfectly. He formed you. He made you. He knew you. He wired you. He put you together. I love all the different personalities in this room. I'm not asking for everybody to have my personality. I don't want everybody to have my personality. I want you to have your personality. I want you to do what you do, but I want you to do it in passionate love for Jesus. God needs you. God needs your personality. But we got to understand, it began with Jesus, and guess what? Someday it will end with Jesus. We will end standing in front of him. And I truly believe this, that As much as I run after Jesus, I still believe there's this place in my soul that I know that when I stand before Jesus someday, even all the good things I did in my life, I'm still going to look at Jesus and go, why didn't I do more? Why didn't I do more? You are just so good, Jesus. You are just so wonderful. Your mercy, your grace, your faithfulness to me when I wasn't faithful to you. You are just so good. You're going to begin and end with Jesus. The truth is, there's just these moments that we're trying to figure ourselves out outside of Him. I had to dig this out. Luke told me this morning that he liked Daddy's trophy and that he wants to win a trophy, like daddy, okay? This is my uh, Enfuego Kalamazoo Bible League 2007-2008 basketball championship trophy. You're really impressed, aren't you? It's are like, wow. Just see you in a totally different light now. You know what I can tell you about 2007 is this, is we had, we had one child. His name was Michael. And I can tell you that I neglected my family for that. If I'm just being real. Because I was the points leader for the whole entire league. I have a booklet that says it. I'll prove it to you. I know some of you are like, yeah, right. All oh, pastors talk that way. No, 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 I promise you. It's in my house, though. So. Average 29.8 points a game. I don't care. I don't care if you're playing in a Bible league or if you're playing NBA basketball. Average 29 points a game is hard. Okay? And I cared so much about this. I mean, I really, really cared so much about this. I actually have four of these. I have four of these. And I cared so much about this that probably four nights a week, I wouldn't come home so that I could go play basketball. I'm just being honest. There's a place called the courthouse, and I would go because I needed to work on my game for Saturday. Saturday morning was coming. Right? Just wouldn't even come to most games because I was insane, okay? I mean, I mean, insane, okay? I remember a game, it was a playoff game, and I fouled out in the third quarter. I was so mad, so mad. I started ripping off my jersey, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm just so mad at the ref, and I can't even get this jacket off right now, and I'm ripping off my jersey, and I remember I... Grabbed a shoe. I'm, like, walking off the court. I grabbed my shoe, and out of protest, and I wanted everybody to know how angry I was, I took my size 13 shoe, and I threw my shoe down the court, okay? Now, I believe an angel did this, that this shoe went toe heel, toe heel, toe to the side of a kid's head that was walking by. I, can't, I, I cannot, I cannot make, this little boy was walking by, and it perfectly went toe heel, toe heel, and just whacked this kid in the side of the head, okay? That was kind of like a breaking moment, like for Jess, you know, that, and then I think the, the brawl that me and my brother got into, my brother was just back from Iraq, he was very angry, And, uh, yeah, there's just a lot there. But I needed this. I was trying so hard to fill myself, to have some identity. And I know that basketball is not your thing, but I don't know what is your thing. What is your thing that you're trying to find yourself Outside of Jesus, because I can tell you, it just ends with no life. This thing is in a box in my basement. I had to go to the basement, the scary basement last night, you know what I mean? And I had to dig through boxes to just find this thing. And I had to even like screw it back together. It's like not even together anymore. This has no life. And am I I saying that basketball is wrong or basketball is bad? No, I'm not saying it. But it is when you're trying to fill your soul with it. I don't know what you're trying to fill your soul with. Truth number three is this. For his life is the light of all humanity. Listen, the best version of Jeff Workmeister The very best version of me as just a person is the one who spends time in the light, in the presence of God. That's the best version of me. And where do we find the light of Jesus? We find the light of Jesus, I believe, in two places. We find the light of Jesus in the Word of God. We just need to grow a new hunger for the Word of God. Me and Jess and Drew and Farrell, we've been talking about what is, the, what is going to be the passion of 2020 in Elvate Church. It's going to be the Word of God. We're going to run after the Word of God with dinner parties. We're going to run after the Word of God with classes. We're going to run after the Word of God. We need the Word of God. We need truth. We need truth. We need God's truth. Can I get an amen? And the other place is just the presence of God. It's the presence of God when we are worshiping, the presence of God that can fill our car, the presence of God that can come in any moment when we invite the presence of God in. See, the truth is this. You become what you see. You become what you worship. My uncle, my dad used to say this all the time. He always used to say that computers uh, you know, cell phones, he'd always say, that is the devil's box. So what he would tell me all the time. He'd be like, why are you on the devil's box? And I'd always be like, old oh, man, you are so old and grumpy. You know what I mean? Like, stop talking to me, old man. And now I get it. The enemy will do anything for you to worship his kingdom. And we're all worshiping his kingdom. We're all on our phones constantly. We're always on something constantly. There's always something that's distracting us. Always something that we're looking at. Always something. Because the enemy is fighting tooth and nail to keep us out of the light of Jesus. How can he keep us out of the word? How can he keep our lives so busy that we don't have time for the presence of God? He's so scared that if we get into the presence of God, if we get into the light, because this is what happened. Remember Moses? Moses sees the burning bush. It is the light of God. Remember, the light, Jesus, God is in the bush. And so Moses is drawn to the light. And so Moses comes to the light. And when he gets to the light, God the Father says, listen, I need you to take off your sandals. So Moses takes off his sandals. Why does he take off his sandals? It's because God is saying to Moses, listen, you can't take your old life into your new life. You can't take your old life. His sandals represent Moses' old life. And Jesus is about to give him a new life. And Moses goes into the presence of God, the presence of God. And when Moses comes out of the presence of God, he comes out in love with God and with purpose. And the enemy will fight you to keep your old life mixed into your new life. You know what Jesus said about your old life and your new life mixing together? Revelation chapter 3, verse 16, it says this. You are neither cold or hot. You're lukewarm. And I'll spit you out of my mouth. I'm just I'm just not I'm just not interested in lukewarm church. The church, listen, listen, people don't need a muffin on Sunday morning. They need the presence of God. They need to get healed. They need something that is real and true and authentic. And it's got to be real and true and authentic in you first. I can't carry this. We're called to carry this as a body, as a church, together to go, you know, we are passionate together about the things of God, and we will not be that church in the end days that is lukewarm. We will be a church that either chooses to be hot or cold. See, we don't, but we don't get this sometimes. Here, Darren, can I use you two real quick? Here, come here real quick. Love these guys. Beautiful family, beautiful marriage relationship. Okay. Now, could you imagine if Darren looked at his lovely bride and said, "Hey, honey, listen, um, I want you to know, like, I love you, and I'm committed to you." I know this is super weird. You know, you're like, you're like, why are you saying this to me? Yeah. Like, I love you, and I'm committed to you, and I'm for you, and I want the very, very best for you and our kids, but I want to let you know something, that 70% of the time, I'm going to be committed to you, and I'll be intimate with you. But 30% of the time, I got a different world that I'm going to be committed to. I got a different life that I'm going to be intimate with. I got something else that I'm going to chase after. So 70% of the time, it's you. But I want you to know that 30% of the time, I get to do what I get to do. Now, I don't know about you, but I know my marriage wouldn't work like that. Can I get an amen from somebody? I don't think their marriage would work like that. But this is exactly what we do with Jesus. We're like, hey, I'm good 70% of the time, but there's this other 30% that I just want to do what I want to do because I still like some things of my old life. There's still some stuff that I like. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Somebody asked me this recently. Man, church just got real, real, didn't it? Like Shannon last night, I was like, hey, can you get me a beer on the way to church? <laughs> he responded back with like this, that girl like giving a wink, you know, like I was in my office last night just like crying, laughing. Somebody asked me this recently, so why don't you drink? I want to make this really clear. I don't drink because it's like a sin. It's not. The Bible doesn't have any issue with me drinking. The Bible does have an issue with me being drunk. Can I get an amen? But the Bible doesn't have an issue with me drinking. But you know who does have an issue with me drinking? The Holy Spirit. I remember one time we were, like, first married. Do you remember this, Jess? We were, like, we were first married. It was, like, the very first year we were married. And I came home one night with some wine coolers. And Jess was, like, I had a wine cooler once when I was growing up. I'm, like, ooh, you sinner, you know, like. Oh, you're a bad, you know? Like, I mean, you compare her life and my life. She's like Jesus himself, you know? I remember I brought these wine coolers home, and we ate dinner, and, and I don't think Jess had a wine cooler, but I did. I had one, and then I had two, and then I had three. I was like, man, these are really tasty. Like, these are just are really, really yummy, you know what I mean? Just like, woo. I remember the next, the next day I was in time with the Lord and I was praying. And the, and the Holy Spirit just said, what was last night all about? I was like, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of had that, like, attitude, like, I'm grown. I'm a grown man. I got my wife. I got my own place now. I can do what I want. It's my life. And the Holy Spirit said, are you sure it's your life? Because I thought you laid it down to me. I thought you said that you surrendered to me. And I said, okay. What do you want? He said, I don't want you to ever touch alcohol. Ever. And, And let me be clear with you. This is not me talking to you about alcohol. I'm just talking about me. I'm just sharing me. I said, okay. If that's what you want, that's what you get. But why do you think the Holy Spirit doesn't want me to touch this? Probably because I'm an addictive person. Because God knows me. He understands that my dad that I've never, you know, known since I was three, but my dad dealt with alcoholism. My dad has thrown his way, his life to alcohol. He probably knew that there's like countless pastors who have thrown away their church and their whole entire future because of Alcohol. And the Holy Spirit just goes, I don't want you to touch that. I don't want that old part of your life into this new part. That's your old part. That's your old life. I want to give you a new life. I'm not saying it's alcohol. I'm just saying there's things that the Holy Spirit goes, I don't want that anymore. A few weeks ago... Probably four weeks ago, I was driving. I got mad. Can we all give it? Pray for Pastor Jeff when he's driving. I got mad. I gave a number one to that person, you know, and just number one to you, my friend. Bless your day, you know. And the Holy Spirit just said, no more. He said, no more. It's all about Jesus. The best version of me is the one that Jesus is in. The best version of you is the one that Jesus is in. The best version of your marriage is the one Jesus is in. The best version of you being an employee or being a boss is the one Jesus is in. The best, the best, The best is the one that Jesus is the Lord of your life. The best finances are the one Jesus is in. The best relationships, the best friendships, the best life is the one that Jesus is in. And we're all looking for something to fill us. And Jesus the whole time is going, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. I can satisfy your soul. Amen? Listen, I believe with everything inside of me that we're going to raise up a church that is just passionate about Jesus because I know that I'm going to just, there's just something that's changed in me that I am recklessly running after Jesus, and I am recklessly running after the word, and I'm recklessly running after what Jesus wants, and I want to get my life into agreement with what he wants to be in agreement with, and I want to do what he wants me to do, and I want to heal the sick. I want to speak to people's lives. I want to see people totally abandon their old life and run after Jesus, and if I got to let go of some stuff so that I can run after him and be the example, then I'm going to do it, because I just don't care about comfortable, normal, 2019, culturally relevant church. They're everywhere. I want something that the presence of God goes, I can show up. I can show up. I can show up there because I got a bunch of people who are passionate about me. I got a bunch of people who are excited about me. I got a bunch of people that are letting go of their old life to run after their new life. I got a lot of people that are running after the light of Jesus. I got a lot of people that are letting go of things they thought they could never let go of, but they're letting go of things. I can show up at that church. My presence can dwell in that church. I can be at that church. I can stay at that church. Amen? Amen. That, 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 that is the cry of my heart. I believe it to the core of me, the core of me. And I believe that as you. Journey closer and closer and closer to Jesus. Your whole entire life will change. Your marriage will change. Your business will change. Your finances will change. Your relationships will change. Your relationships with your kids will change. The ways that you used to get angry at your kids, you won't get angry at them anymore. The way that you didn't have patience, you will now have patience. The times that you didn't have gone with joy, you now come home with joy. Everything will change because you're passionately pursuing Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you stand up this morning? Jason, can you play behind me? Is that right? I just want you to close your eyes this morning. some of the best questions we can ask the lord is just holy spirit i need you to just reveal to me what's in my old life that i'm trying to bring into my into this new life with you I just say, I need you to understand that it might not all change today, but that's okay. As long as you are passionately pursuing Jesus, that's what matters. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, if you got some stuff to let go, just throw, pull, throw up your hands, just throw up your hands all around this room, just start talking to the Lord, just say, this is, this is it, Lord, this is, this is some old stuff I got to let go. hands are high cuz i got stuff i got stuff just start talking to the lord just start telling him say lord here it is this is it this is it this is this is it this is it this is it I surrender it to you lord start lifting up a song to the Lord. Just start start praising him. Just start thanking him for his grace, his goodness, his love, his mercy. Just start praising him. Jesus, we praise you. We worship you. We glorify you. You are worthy, Jesus. You are worthy. You are worthy. Hallelujah, Jesus, we praise you we praise you, we praise you, we praise you. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, Jesus. We love you, we love you, we love you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We worship you, we worship you. Galatians 2.20 says, My old life has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus who in here says I want to passionately run after Jesus in a way I haven't in a long time just raise your hand real high real high like, I just I want to passionately run after Jesus there's something there's something that died a long time ago that has to come back alive there's something that has to be brought back to life. And you know what I love about this is this is that when there when there is a fire, even when the fire has gone out, there's still like just there's like little remnants there's like little sparks. There's like there's like little pieces that are still, still burning high. And you're here today because there's still something burning in you. There's still something that the Holy Spirit marked you at one moment and he marked you at one time. And there's a spark that's still there and you just need the Holy Spirit to blow on it. You just need the life of God to blow on it. You just need heaven to blow on it. And just for the Lord to bring this fire back to life. So Father, we release the life of God upon your people right now in Jesus' name. We release the light of Jesus upon your people in Jesus' name. We breathe life from heaven upon your people right now in Jesus' name. We release the Holy Spirit upon your people right now, Lord. We ask that you would empower them. We ask that you would strengthen them. We ask, Lord, that you would bring passion back. We ask in the name of Jesus you bring life back. We ask in the name of Jesus that you would build a fire in this community. That you would build a fire in this house a fire of the presence of God, a fire of your love, a fire of seeking you, a fire of running after you. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would burn away our old lives. We ask in the name of Jesus you would burn away our old desires, our old our old our old hungers, our old passions with our old life. I pray in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit would just burn those things away in the name of Jesus. That you, that we would let go of those things and that we would trust in you in a brand new way. Father, we release fire. We release fire. We release fire. We release passion. We release passion. We release passion in the name of Jesus. We ask in the name of Jesus that you would count this house as a house that is passionate. That you would count this house that hasn't forgotten its first love. That you would count this house a house that is passionate about the things of God and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you. We welcome you. Just say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my life. Holy Spirit, I need you in my life. I need you to reveal the old things of my past that I've brought in to my new life. Holy Spirit, I ask for your grace, for your strength, for your life. To overcome, love you. We love you, Lord. We love you. 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 We love you, Jesus. We love you. We love you. Let me say this. Can I say this? Listen. Anything, anything that you leave in the dark, that you leave in the darkness, God can't heal. But whatever you bring into the light, God can heal. God can renew. Listen, I promise you, there is nothing you've done in your life that I haven't done. This is nothing. I've ran after darkness so hard, but I'm so thankful that I found the light of Jesus. But I found the light of Jesus because I came and I brought my stuff. I said, Lord, here's my stuff here's my problems, here's my issues, here are my addictions, here are the things that I like, here is my stuff, Lord. Here it is. I'm giving it to you. That's all he needs. That's all he needs. All he needs. And on Monday, the Holy Spirit will start talking to you. And on Tuesday, the Holy Spirit will start talking to you. And when you're driving, the Holy Spirit will start talking to you. And when you're parenting, the Holy Spirit will start talking to you. And when you're in a relationship with your husband or your wife or with somebody else, he'll start talking to you. He'll start talking to you about everything. If you go, everything's yours, Lord. It's all yours. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Amen? Amen. And when we burn... When we burn, when we burn for that, yes, there will be people that will go, I don't want that. But there will be more people that will go, yeah, I do want that. I want that. I want that. That's different. That's different. That's real. That's authentic. And I want that. And I need that. I need that. That is what I want. Close your eyes. I want to pray for this. I just, I think, I know this. If you're in here you're like, I've just been selfish. It's just selfishness. I know what the Lord wants me to do. I know how the Lord wants me to act, but I just choose to do my own thing. And the whole day today, the Holy Spirit's had your number. The Holy Spirit's been speaking to you all stinking day. It's time to let go. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you'd forgive us for our selfishness. God, forgive us for our pride. Lord, forgive us of our ego. Forgive us of our self. We just get ourselves in the way, of Jesus, and we ask that you would forgive us. You would wash us. Wash us with the blood of Jesus and strengthen us. Father, we let go. Of ourselves, we let go of our desires, our opinions, we let go. And we choose you today. We love you today. And we honor you, Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.